0: What's up, Benfica Nation? Y'all still remember me? I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinu here on the PGB Media Network. This is Mr. Benfica special episode coming to you, and maybe you can hear the hoarseness in my voice. That's because I have been yelling at the television all afternoon. Uh, but this is a must-do, a very special post-match edition of Mr. Benfica post. match champions league uefa champions league round of 16 leg two my friends benfica are on their way to the quarterfinals let's go that's right let's go to the quarterfinals bring on whoever is next i don't care bring on real madrid bring on chelsea Bring on Manchester. Just don't bring on Bayern Munich. We've already paid that price, all right? We've already done our our time with that monster. Don't bring on Bayern Munich. That's the only thing I ask. But no, this episode we're talking about today's match only. I know I've been away for a bit. Things have been crazy. I will fill you up on everything in the next episode, okay? I will be back this weekend. But tonight, we're talking about this match, leg number two, at the Johan Cruyff Arena Amsterdam in the Netherlands Mayfica travel well 5,000 at least Benfica supporters in the Johan Cruyff Arena tonight remember the same arena where we lost that 20 what was it 2013 2014 one of those years when we lost that UEFA uh, Europa League final to Chelsea in the 92nd minute in that arena return tonight we exercised those demons no we didn't win a trophy but we have knocked out One of the best football playing clubs in all of Europe. Ajax. Goodbye to Ajax. Uh, They're going to feel a little bit hard done. But hey, let me tell you one thing. And I have to say this now here on the pod because I've been interacting with some of you guys, some of y'all on Twitter lately. Okay, I've been active more on Twitter, obviously, than on the podcast. The website needs to be updated. I get all that. I'm working on it. I'm working out a schedule, a plan to keep up with it better going forward. But I was talking to Neil earlier today. And you can ask him this. Go ahead. He's at Lunch Neil on Twitter. I told him, I call me crazy, but I have a feeling about this one today. I feel good about this game. I explained what I thought might happen. And my goodness, it wasn't exact, but it was pretty close. I said I love when we play against. These teams that want to possess, that want to have the ball, that want to play pretty, use the two Barcelona matches and the first leg as an example, okay? Um, yes, listen, in both of these matches, just like in the Barcelona matches, we could have been run off the park. We could have easily lost 4-5, you know, 4 5 nil. but that didn't happen, okay? And when those teams want to play that style and they do not have efficiency in front of goal, it only takes once. Okay, it only takes once. And we proved tonight you cannot advance in the Champions League. And I personally believe you cannot win the Champions League in twenty twenty-two playing that style of football. It might be pretty on the eyes. Everyone might like it. They may, they may, you know, ole, ole all the way around the stadium. But at the end of the day, the team that wins the Champions League is gonna have to have more steel than that. It's gonna be the team that wants to battle. It's going to be the team that has a physical element, a team that's willing to go direct when necessary. Ajax saved it for too late, and I think they paid for their their marriage to their identity when it comes to how they want to play the game. If I were Ajax tonight with the way that Benfica were able to to stymie them in the first 45 minutes, at about the hour mark, I would start to be giving the ball to Benfica and force Benfica to build their play up. If any, if they spent any time scouting us, which you know they didn't, they would have seen what the Gil of the world have done to us. They would see what the Vizelas of the world have done to us. They would see what the other teams, the Moreirenses of the Portuguese League, have done to us when they force us to have the ball and they force us to build the play up out of the back. Ajax. Didn't want to move from the way they played. They didn't want to change the way they played. And in the end, they pay for it. Because if you don't score, you lose. You-, you surrender. You know, it's like it's like they say in Portuguese, que no marca, sofre. Tonight, it was Ajax's turn to sofrer, to suffer. Um, yes, listen, for as bad of a season that this has been, and it has been atrocious, in Europe, does anybody realize? Do you all realize? We've lost only two matches in Europe this season and they're both to the Bayern Munich. Let that sink in for a minute now. This Ajax team went in to our city and put a hurting on our neighbors. Yes, I'm going to say it. They're not getting off the hook. They call this the worst Ajax of all time. Remember the worst or the worst Ajax of the last 10 years. And then they took, you know, and then they they took what 10 against them in the two matches. I don't know how many goals they surrendered. But they got absolutely played off the park and they got blown away by Ajax at their stadium. Ajax comes to our stadium probably expecting to do the same thing. They get a fight. They get a team that's ready for them. Befica answered. Befica did not crumble when we fell behind in that first leg. We fought till the end. We did not f- crumble when we fell behind 2-1. to one. We continued to push on and push on and of course, that moment, Um, I do have to mention this before we go forward, that moment where Roman Yardimchuk scores the equalizer in leg one and brings tears to the eyes of supporters and of just human beings around the world. The Ukrainian scores at a time when his country is dealing with what they're dealing with right now, where I'm sure he fears for the safety and for the lives of his loved ones. He manages to get an equalizer. That equalizer was huge, because tonight does not happen without that equalizer, and I thought he was fantastic again tonight, I know he had a a breakaway that he couldn't get a shot off, that he got run down from behind, but you know what, he does the little things nobody notices, there was one point in the match, 85 minutes, I want to say 85th minute, where we could not get out of our end, we had all, (laughs) I think we had Nine field players in our area. He was the only player up. The clearance went, and he worked his tail off, just just pressing and just getting um, himself in front of the ball, not allowing IX's center back. I believe it was it was uh, it was not Alvarez. It was Martinez. Did not allowing Martinez to to play the ball back into the box. This is when IX had finally gone direct because they had no other option. He forced Martinez to play it back to his goalkeeper and that allowed maybe to uh, push out, reorganize, get set up again and little things like that that he does. Not to mention the steal that that took the ball far away from our goal when there were just just instants left in the match. And yes, we nearly we nearly gave it away there at the end. But uh, he just did so many little things to see out this result and I'm sorry but I will take a win like this any day of the week I have always said that I will t- I will win ugly when you win ugly but when your players leave their blood sweat and tears on the pitch the way our players did tonight how about Nicholas Otamendi and Jan Vertonghen turning back the clock tonight they were there each and every time you know every time it looked like it was going to be the time that that Ajax get through Anthony's alone in front of goal, and suddenly out of nowhere comes Jan with a lunging tackle. Manages to not allow him to get the shot off. Hollers mocked up by Otamendi. Otamendi was just in so many battles, so many battles. He left it all out there. He took quite a knock uh, on the offensive end as well, and he's not going to get credit for this. But go back and watch Darwin's goal. And, yes, I'm going to talk about Darwin in a little bit, but go back and watch that goal. So much of that comes from a brilliant... It's a, it's a well-played set piece. It's a well-drawn up, well-rehearsed set piece. And perhaps Nelson Venisimu re-earns that title of the set piece master, if you will. He used to be the, the, the coach that worked on set pieces, almost like a special teams coach. Uh, he he drew that play up, and that that was the right play at the right time, because if you go back and you watch, Meite and Otamendi make Two fantastic runs to the front post. They take three. They take three IX players with them to the front post. And Darwin, who's standing on the edge of the six yard box of the goal area, takes a step and a half, you know, uh, a sidestep towards the penalty spot to where the ball is delivered, and when it's delivered with that type of spin, with that type of in-swing, from the angle we got that free kick, all it takes is the slightest touch, and that thing's going in as long as he gets to it before the goalkeeper. Darwin does it. Excellent ball from Grimaldu. Darwin gets on the end. Otamendi and take clear the defense out. They take him out of that area. What a set-piece. It is underrated. Nobody's talking about it. All anybody in the English man- media, at least, is talking about English language media, excuse me, is talking about is how soft the foul uh, called on Edson Alvarez against uh, Gonzalo Ramos was. I'm sorry. That is a foul. Edson Alvarez is a player I have watched come up since he was at Club America. I watch Liga MX. I watched the Mexican League. I have watched Edson Alvarez come up. He's a Good player. He's one of my favorites, actually. But he has no need at all to stick his leg out and whack, however hard or soft. That doesn't matter. He has no reason to stick his leg out and catch Gonzalo Ramos on the shin on that one. No reason at all. Gonzalo's going towards the touchline. Nothing, not going to hurt him. All he has to do is continue to accompany him and to not let him turn. He doesn't do that. He loses his patience. He pays the ultimate price. Ajax, go home. In the round of 16. And we're going to talk about it in just a minute. I'm just going to play that song. That's right. We're going to play Reconquista for you right now. Real quick break. And on the other side, I'll start talking about this match. Benfica on the road. 1-0 winners on the night. 3-2 winners on aggregate on to the quarterfinals. UEFA Champions League. Sabes que estamos contigo, nós somos um eterno abrigo. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. a fé que não se explica. Carrega bem, fica, carrega Benfica. fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. a fé que não se explica. Carrega bem, fica, carrega bem, fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. A fé que não se explica, carrega-me e fica, carrega-me e fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, o querer de todos nós Manto sagrado é peso pesado, não o carrega sozinho Em cada esquina um vizinho, sente o carinho Do algarve até ao minho, o vermelho pinta tudo do que é nós por direito, que não vico Por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se que a nossa força, sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora, nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos um eterno abrigo O querer de todos nós, A fé que não se explica. Carrega, Benfica, carrega, Benfica. Ouve a nossa voz. O querer de todos nós, A fé que não se explica. welcome back this is episode 135 Mr. Benfica talking Champions League like we said at the start Benfica on the road at the Johan Cruyff Arena against AFC Ajax for many people one of the best teams in Europe one of the best football playing teams in Europe and I agree with that and listen I have to say I like Ajax I do I like the way they play maybe sometimes that doesn't that message doesn't get conveyed in the way that I criticize, maybe the teams that play a little too much, or that rely a little too much on the possession game, on the beautiful game to to get their results. But the truth is, I I do like this team, and um, it, it's just it's not because it's it's not because they're out. It's because we are in that I am this excited that that I am, and I'm actually struggling to speak right now. My my voice is is weaker than normal. Um, you know, everything just came together in a in a perfect storm today. Uh, I took a day off of work, which is always um, has always been a bad omen for me when it comes to Benfica. Every time I take an afternoon off to watch Benfica play in Europe, Benfica lose in Europe, or Benfica underperform, or Benfica end up eliminated in Europe. When I do this, so. Uh, why I did this again, well, I just had a feeling. <laughs> like I said, I just had a feeling. And um, the way the first leg went and the way we came out of it still alive uh, just reinvigorated that feeling, if you will, reignited that feeling. And let's be honest, if, if Benfica is going to go on the road in Europe, okay, I'll go on the road any day to any city in France with Benfica. I'll go to most cities in Germany. I'll go to I'll go to Amsterdam any day with Benfica. And why I say that is because the number of Benfica's that live in these places first of all is enormous and if you've been following, you know, if you either watch on BTV or follow on on the social media, you see the way the team was greeted when they arrived at their hotel yesterday in Amsterdam. Tons and tons and tons of portuguese living in the netherlands and this show gets a fair amount of of downloads in the netherlands as well special shout out to all the befikishas in the netherlands all of the netherlands not just in holland but in all of the netherlands uh shout out to all of y'all and this tonight i'm sure is especially special for you and it's just i i am at a loss of words for for the feelings that i'm feeling right now about this team again such a difficult season such a, it's actually we're going on three difficult seasons in a row now this really is a civil aligning this really is a moment where we can pause the negativity this is a moment where we can pause the criticism a moment where it's not you know viéristas versus versus noronistas or whatever it's not a it's a moment where we're not attacking Rui Costa or we're not defending Rui Costa okay the things that divide The fan base tonight do not matter because Befica have advanced. Some people are still, you know, not as I don't want to say they're not excited about it, but they're not forgetting the problems. And that's all right. That's that you need people and you need a portion of the fan base to remain that way. But for me tonight, this is about this group of players and I'm going to give a shout-out to this manager as well, Nelson Verissimo. Okay, for as much as he has deserved much of the criticism um, in his now 15-match reign here in charge of this team, the second stint that he's, tonight was his 15th match in all competitions in charge of this team, he got it right tonight. And again, I said the same thing with JJ. When you get it wrong, I'll say you got it wrong. Tonight, he got a lot of things right starting at halftime. I cannot stress. And before I do that, let's go to the lineups. Why don't don't we just recap the starting lineups tonight, okay? Um, Because my point here can't be made without reading off the lineups. So I'll start with Ajax and with their manager, Eric Vanderhag, as he goes in a 4-2-3-1, comes out with Onana in goal, uh, Marzui, as the right back Timber and Martinez the center back bearing Daly Blend, the former Manchester United player as the left back. Now we know that this is not the paciest back line. actually very much like Befica's um if there's a weakness in this IX team, it is this back line in terms of defending the space in behind and playing uh, you know, with with balls over the top and and I think Befica to an extent, exploited what they needed to. They had a, but if you had a really hard time doing really anything other than sitting in and defending in these 180 minutes that we played against this team, and that's credit to Ajax for that. But Nelson Rodrigues put together a, a game plan that worked. Let's face it, it worked. And whether or not he is the manager for this team is not a conversation for tonight. Okay, it's not a conversation for tonight. Tonight is a night where, if nothing else happens in the career of Nelson Verissimo as a manager, okay, uh, all of his hard work coming up through the ranks, through the youth ranks, through the, the the different levels, being a an assistant, a a set piece coach, whatever you want to call it, for everything he has done and all the work he's put in, B team manager. To get to this point, to be the interim manager for the second time, tonight it all comes to fruition for Nelson Verisimo. Whatever happens in the rest of his career, no one will ever take away this 180-minute, two-legged tie against Ajax, which I'm sure he and his family and his loved ones will never forget and I tell you right now, I would trade my 15-year career <laughs> in, in 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 coaching um, any day to have two nights at the at the you know two nights it, on the platform and you know at the level that Nelson Vidigal got here in these two legs of this round of 16. And uh, no offense to any player who has ever played for me, um, but anybody would. Anybody would do anything really to have, you know, to have uh, this opportunity, have this experience to take a team into the Champions League, knock out stages, and to see them through, especially with the second leg on the road, especially in a historic battle of two historic clubs in a monumental stadium, a stadium where we had ghosts to exercise. Congratulations, Nelson Verissimo. Uh, Tonight belongs to you as well. Continuing with the lineup for Ajax, the double pivoted midfield Graverich uh, partners with the Mexican international Ethan Alvarez, the former Club America midfielder. And in front of them, three attacking midfielders. Burgues is the center midfielder with Anthony, the Brazilian to his right, a very, very talented Anthony, who in the first leg was just lights out, and and the captain, Tadic, to his left behind the striker, who has just scored at a phenomenal rate all season. Talking, of course, about Sebastian Holler. Now, for Befica, for Nelson Verissimo, I wasn't that excited to see the sign. if I'm going to be honest. This was not what I really wanted. I shouldn't say that. Let me rephrase that. There are some some elements in this lineup that did not excite me out. I found myself frustrated a little bit with, with the 11 he chose. And here's why before I say this, and those of you that listen to this long enough probably know where I'm going with this, but this was a match where at least I knew, and I think most of you knew, Benfica were going to have to defend for long, long stretches. At home, we saw a lot more of the ball than I think anybody could expect to see it tonight. Um, and I think that I would have put a different a different midfield out there, I'll be honest. And it would have looked a lot like the midfield did in the second half because I think you need a little bit more muscle. You need a little bit more positioning. You need more awareness and less freestyle. Okay. Obviously, by now, you know who I'm talking about. But let's go who I would not start. But um, let's go through the 11. All right, Benfica. Playing in this one, and Vlaco is in goal. Oh, Di Vlaco Dimos, he is the the goalkeeper, and he had himself a good night again, a very good tie, to be honest. Um, aside from you know a couple of mistakes there in the first leg, but tonight he was lights out. Gilberto gets to start it right back, probably his best performance as a Benfica player. Uh, the center back pairing Vertonghen and Otamendi, like I said, turning back the clock tonight, looking like much younger versions of themselves, and. Uh, using their experience, using their intelligence to their advantage, and Otamendi, of course, brings a whole different level of intensity, a whole different level of just fight, and that warrior mentality that has lacked in this club for so long, and still lacks, we need more. We need more warriors like Nicolas Otamendi. I'm not saying we need more Nicolas Otamendis. We need players who are willing to scrap like Nicolas Otamendi, players who sacrifice the body, and no doubt, Nicolas Otamendi more than deserving of wearing the captain's armband tonight. Grimaldo gets to start at left back. Another good, good match for, for Alejandro Grimaldo in this one. And he just seems to love to play against Dutch teams, I guess. He was really good in the two legs against PSV. And once against in these two legs against Ajax, he was very, very good. And actually, on most of the tactics boards and on most of the analytics apps, Grimaldo is your man of the match. Uh, in midfield, you've got Weigel, trapped Everton, and Ramos playing in front of him. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos, that is. With Rafa playing with Darwin in the front. Now, um, there's a lot of talk about, about Rafa not showing up for this. I thought there were moments where Rafa came to play, but you could see you could see immediately that one adjustment that Ajax made from the first leg to the second leg was they keyed in on Rafa. They saw the, the danger in Rafa Silva. And really, Ajax didn't lose the ball enough for Rafa to be effective. And you can criticize all you want that he doesn't do anything in terms of building play, in terms of of you know connecting passes, in terms of creating... Chances from scratch, if you will, or from from build up, and that he's all counter attack. But what exactly do you want in this match? Because Benfica cannot go to Amsterdam and expect to out Ajax. Ajax. If you wanted Benfica to go there and to take large chunks of possession and to even be competitive in the possession battle. Um, that's not the way to beat Ajax. I'm sorry. You're not going to beat them at their own game. They're far too good at it. The way to beat Ajax is the way Bayfica did it tonight. Okay. And this was especially special for me tonight because I feel vindicated. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I feel vindicated because I have been defending some players for a long time. None more than Darwin. Nunez, when everyone called him a flop, I tweeted this out. I got like 20, 25 retweets on this. And I have to say it again. Everyone calling this kid a flop when he was playing for the first time in a first division in Europe last season. Okay? A kid who was a fish out of water. A kid who took time to adjust to Portugal. A kid who took a time to adjust to Benfica, to European, um, to Georges Jesus as well. And maybe he would have adjusted faster. Who knows? I don't want to say he did come from Europe. He came from the Spanish second division. And a lot of you looked at that price tag and couldn't look past the price tag. And I said this last year, and it is proving true. And I'm not one to toot my horn like this, but this is something I felt so strongly about that I have to come on here now and say that I was right when I said. Darwin Nunez is a five-year investment, not an overnight sensation. Darwin Nunez's numbers this year speak for themselves. I don't want to hear he doesn't run, he doesn't make smart runs, or he doesn't have vision. I don't want to hear that his ball control gets away from him. He is there to score goals, and score goals he does. When he was assisting, you guys criticized him for getting assists instead of goals, saying you didn't pay 20-whatever-million for assists. He scores goals, and now he doesn't pass well when he should. He doesn't look up enough. All of this nonsense that far too many pundits and far too many fans get caught up in. At the end of the game, the re- at the end of the night, excuse me, the reason Befica advanced tonight, okay, the reason Befica advanced tonight is not because they looked up more. It's not because they connected more passes. You know it's not because they possessed the ball. Befica uh, advanced tonight. Because of efficiency, but if you get advanced tonight, because guess what? We put the ball in their goal and they did not do the same to us. End of story. You can take all the analytics you want, and I'm not even going to goal point tonight. Okay, because in matches like this, that stuff goes out the window. Okay. It's a good tool to use when it is appropriate. And when certain matches and many matches, to be honest. Take on a a rhythm or a flow, and take on a story that that make those analytics make that make those statistics valuable. This match was not that. This match was one team having the ball, the other team knowing they're going to have the ball, letting them have the ball, and waiting for their opportunity. Benfica won this match not on paper but on the pitch by putting the ball in the goal. And I don't believe we win this match tonight without Darwin Nunez, okay? And he is now worth far more than what we paid for him. Like I said, he would be. And I didn't even expect it to get to this point this soon. The number of goals he's scoring this year, okay? Both abroad and domestically, or both in Europe and domestically, speak for themselves. You can make all the excuses you want. The same people defending Adel Tarap to the nth degree when he has more red cards than he has goals in five seasons at Benfica are criticizing Darwin Nunez as a flop? Well, you know, maybe you want to rethink that, okay? Maybe you want to rethink that, but this isn't about Adel Tarap tonight either. Nelson Veríssimo did say in the post-game press conference, I waited to catch some of it before I started recording, that Adel was limited. Physically, and I don't know from what he only played seven minutes at the weekend. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But again, that is my problem with the Delta rapt. He's always limited. He gives you a good match and a half in five years, and suddenly everybody wants him to start all the time. And I, he, this match did not call for a Delta rapt and I commend Luke. I commend Nelson Verissimo. Excuse me for recognizing at halftime that the substitution needed to be made. Mete comes in. Mete puts in his best performance also as a Benfica player tonight. And it's in the all-black kit from last season. A lot of people asking why the all-black kit. Very simple, okay? Um, Benfica could not play in white because... Ajax plays in white. Benfica could not play in red because... Yeah, I know. Someone tweeted a picture of Befica playing against Ajax in the 70s. Ajax is in their white with red stripe, and Befica's in all red. That doesn't fly in 2022 with Color TV, HDTV, with UEFA controlling the colors. That's never going to happen. Okay, they had to play in black. And the third kit that we wore against PSV, I'm going to guess, had too much red on it for the match official tonight, for the UEFA official's uh, producing the match, and that is why Refica had to revert to last season's all-black-and-silver kit. But you know what? That kit now has earned its place in the history of this club because a historic victory on the road against another historic European club in that shirt puts it in immortality. That sh- one of those jerseys will be in the museum on the night we eliminated Ajax. We avenged you know, the elimination in 71, I want to say it was, 70 or 71, when we had to go to a third match with them when we were t- tied on aggregate after two legs. And we played them in Paris. And Cruyff, you know, Cruyff's side got just slightly uh, the upper hand and went, you know, just beat out ozebu's Benfica on a third match tiebreaker a third leg, if you will, the way they used to do it in those days when penalty shootouts did not exist. And, um, you know, we avenged that all these 50 years later, some 50-something years later. uh, It was about time. It was about time we we, we did that. It was about time a Portuguese team wins in the Netherlands. It's about time we eliminated another Dutch team. And, again, this match is especially special for me. I have to thank daylight savings time here on the east coast of the United States because this allowed this match to be played one hour later. This allowed me to this allowed me to have my son with me watching this match. He was home from school. My six-year-old. He's just starting to really get into football. He's asked to play football. This he's going to play soccer this coming spring. I can't wait to be a soccer dad, and um uh he's really getting into it. He's been watching a lot of games with me, but finally him and I sit and watch a Benfica game together. Well, he doesn't sit, but you know what I mean. Neither do I. I paced around the room. He continued to ask me a million questions, but he takes interest in this, and when Darwin's header finds the back of the net, let me tell you, we celebrated together. We've celebrated wins before, but this was special. It was Benfica. Um, and he's understanding the match and for me as a father and as a Benfica I hope that tonight was the beginning of a beautiful continuation of Benfica in my family tree okay from my grandfather to my father to me to now my son he is a fourth generation Benfica and if he follows the trend each generation gets a little more crazy than the one before and uh yes tune in in about 20 years when I hand the podcast off to him. Why not? Right? <laughs> Alright. So, this this match was extremely special, but I told him before the game I had a feeling. And he told me, Daddy, Benfica's going to win one to nothing today, and Darwin is going to score. I'm not making this up. Okay. Now, he only knows two or three players on Benfica. He only knows two or three players in all of football. Okay. Uh, my son has taken a special liking to Chelsea's Jorginho, because he loves the hop penalty. He's going to be disappointed to find out when he plays U6 this spring that there is no, really no penalty kicks and that matches are not going to end on shootouts, but on penalty shootouts, but anyway, he he knows Darwin. He knows Darwin. He recognizes Darwin's face. He recognizes Jorginho, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Darwin Nunez, okay? And he told me today, Darwin is going to score the goal and Befica are going to win and it just happened. It's amazing. It just happened. And this is something that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And, again, how it's just a night where where Nelson Verissimo got it right. Maybe it was luck. Who knows? Who cares? We are advancing. He got it right. Um. Incredible, incredible work rate from Gonzalo Rambush tonight on the pitch. Okay, absolutely incredible work rate. Underrated on the stat sheet. Uh, another very, very good night from, like I said, Otamendi and the entire Otamendi, Vertonghen, Grimaldo, and Gilberto. Gilbert, I'm going to say that two or three key guys had their best matches in Befica Kits tonight. I might even say that this might have been the best Match ever for the Ottavendi Vertonghen pairing together. I think they've each had their you know, they've each had good matches individually, but I think as a pair, as especially in a back four, which I still lack confidence in this this back line to play in a back four day in and day out. I I'm not gonna lie, I would have gone with the back three against this IX team, and. Nelson Benicio showed his confidence in his team and in what they've been working, and he stuck with it. And he deserves to be commended for that. And this, this back line defended, and they defended well. And, and it's what it takes at this level to advance. The entire back half of the 11 from Vigo Mete back defended like their lives depended on it. Darwin was coming back defending tonight. Okay, He came back one time and, and made a tackle just on the edge of our penalty area, clean tackle, okay? Everton gets a lot of cri- uh, criticism, but doesn't ever get credit for the defensive work he does. The reason he starts tonight, Everton, is because of the defensive work that he does. The reason, in part, we have not seen the Everton of grammy the Everton of, of the of Brazil 2019, you know, in the Copa America, is because he's asked to do so much defensively. Okay, Grimaldo defended tonight like his life depended it, like it was the night of his career. And it showed. Ajax grew frustrated as the match went on. They started off calm. I think they expected to, to find it. I think they came in expecting, you know, thinking that they were unlucky in the first leg. Thinking that it was eventually going to, they were going to pull ahead this time and this time Befico were going to go away. Once they did that, it did not happen. Odi. Can we talk about the save in the 98th minute? Yes, 98th minute. Uh, Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, the referee called it offside, but I think if that goes to VAR, I think he is onside there. But Odie makes the save with his right palm. He gets down, makes a killer reflex save. Uh, And then Vertonghen clears it. The referee puts his hand up for offside. That was the last essential play of the match that could have very easily been the equalizer and sent this one to extra time. And I do not believe Befica have or would have had the legs or the lungs to go to extra time tonight. I think they left it all out there. I heard a stat on BTV after the match and I'm not sure where what the source was, so please don't quote me if it's wrong. But be, the Benfica players, on average, ran an extra. I don't know. If, I don't know if she said it was a kilometer and a half or an extra two kilometers per player tonight on the pitch. They just covered so much more space. They did so much more running. Um, goal point at one point had up a chart. I saw it about the 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 positioning of the players and where they you know the heat maps. And BeFikas is all in their defensive third, whereas Ajax is evenly spread out throughout the pitch. But that's the type of match it was. that You're going to have matches like these, and you have to know how to win them. Basically, tonight, we took the approach that so many Portuguese teams take against us. Another reason why we should be experts at it, we face it all the time. And like teams have been able to do to us on occasion, we get our, our one chance. And actually, we had more than one chance. Uh, But we, we finish it, and we find ourselves advancing. And let's talk for a minute about that, because just prior to our goal is a corner kick that is given. And Grimaldo takes it. It finds its way. First, Otamendi flicks it to the back post. It finds Vertonghen, who heads it back across the face of goal. And everybody freezes. Nobody is trailing. Nobody's coming in late for that for that extra run, that late arriving run that could have put it home. And a part of me at that point thought we that was our one opportunity, and we were gonna we squandered. Fast forward a few minutes, okay. And Gonzalo Ramos, heads up play, very intelligent play for such a young player. And again, I'm gonna come back to this, okay? He he's. Holding on to the ball, holding Edson Alvarez on his back and heading towards the touchline. And for some unexplained reason, Edson Alvarez gets impatient and tries to stab at the ball. We have been guilty of this in the past. We have dropped points because our players have done this same exact thing. You stick your leg out like that, you run the risk of missing the ball, getting the leg, and giving away a free kick. He does that. And all, again, I'm watching the match here in the United States, but I couldn't watch it in English today for some reason. CBS's feed, the the audio was ahead of the video, therefore the commentator was a second or two ahead of what I was seeing. It was too distracting. I couldn't watch it like that. I switched to Galavision, um, which is a Spanish language network here in the United States. Watched it in Spanish. And. When I switched back to CBS for the postgame, they spent an hour on Manchester United being eliminated and five minutes on Befica, um, not deserving the free kick that ended up turning this game. They criticized the referee. That is a foul, my friends. That is a foul. The reason they're criticizing is because they're comparing it to the Manchester United match. And they're saying how in that match they saw contact, and they like contact, and they want to see more play-ons. This referee gave a lot of play-ons, in my opinion. I think he called this game fairly loosely. This is a referee from Spain, a Spanish referee. Unfortunately, the English-language media sees refereeing through the prism of the anglo the anglophile world or the anglophonic world, okay, and, and uh, the English-speaking world. I'll stop using uh, words that I'm mispronouncing to try to sound smart. The English-speaking world, okay, they want to see contact. They like the hits. They like the play-ons, okay. This, one thing about this sport is it's not officiated or refereed the same way in all the parts of the world. So which refer, where your referee comes from, I saw it. Shout out to the boys at Benfica after 90 also. uh, You know, they're doing their thing tonight. I'm sure they're live right now. Um, But Luis there on that show, okay, Luis tweeted that, you know, we had a Spanish referee and he wasn't happy about it. But um, thanks to having a Spanish referee, because if we had had a British referee, we would not have been given that free kick, okay? But that is the nature of football. That is the reality of the sport global sport and I think CBS misses the point. They should have talked about Darwin Nunez. Uh Micah Richards gave it the former Manchester City player, former teammate of Nicholas Otamendi. you know, no uh no surprise. Took a minute to recognize Otamendi and Vertongan, especially. And he did predict before the match that if there was going to be an upset it was going to be there. And he said that Darwin was going to be the man. He likes Darwin. And I think Darwin's profile is growing, you know, is growing around Europe, and now I'm celebrating, but at the same time, I'm, I almost immediately asked myself, how are we going to hang on to this player? How in the world are we going to hang on to this player now? Okay, um, I think he's, the Sharks are going to start showing up for Darwin Nunez. He's on pace to easily win the Golden Boot in the Portuguese League, and he has scored some memorable goals. He's put up some good numbers in the UEFA Champions League, the king competition of them all. In club football and um again let's look at that goal again all right so the referee calls the foul to be correct yes I'm a Benfica fan but we see that called in Portugal and Spain all the time so it shouldn't it's called in Italy all the time too it's it's called often in France South America they call that every time okay it, it, in Latin countries that is a foul in Anglo countries it is not okay that that's just the way that that the cookie crumbles here and because this referee was from a Latin country he called it and he wasn't so sure neither was the referee's assistant but eventually they made the call and i said to my 6-year-old i said to my son i said this now we have we have to do it here this is our this might be our final opportunity of the 90 minutes we were in the 76th 77th minute and he goes Daddy, why are they taking a corner kick? And I explained to him it's not a corner kick. In fact, it's even better. It's an even better angle than a corner kick because of where the foul occurred. It's 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 a dream location for an in swinger. And Grimaldo knew exactly what to do. Okay. And again, back to the set piece. It was a beautifully drawn up play. Okay. Um Maybe Nelson Verissimo. I'm gonna assume Nelson Verissimo watches basketball because it looks like a fantastic inbound play in basketball where the you know the guy's making the inbounding pass. Two players cut to the basket while the guy under the basket pops out for the for the shot. It's the same idea. Nicholas Otamendi and Miete run from the far post to the near post. Like I said, taking three defenders with them. Okay, and clearing a space and leaving it to be Darwin in the goalkeeper. Darwin gets better positioning. All he has to do is take a step. Because the ball is being whipped in from the angle it's being whipped in, and it's in-swinging, all Darwin has to do is get, the, get a hair on it, literally get the slightest touch he can on that ball, and he's redirecting it into the goal. So long as he beats the goalkeeper to it, he does it here. Darwin gets there first. And I could see it ha- as it's like I when I watch it, it's like it played out in slow motion because my eyes went with Autumn and with with Mete, along with those defenders. I followed them. I thought that's where the ball was going. So that's how. Again, this was a well drawn up play because my eyes. Okay, and I watch for these things because uh, you know I used to coach and I used to draw these things up myself. I used to practice these things with with players. And defensively, you know, when you're when you're training and practicing, defending these set pieces, you know, you, you kind of get used to watching these runs and figuring out who picks up who who's going to, you know, uh, who's going to get to the spot first. And that's where I watch. And then suddenly I see that the ball's not going with them. My eyes move. I see Dar. I see what I think is Darwin. It turns out to be. But I wasn't certain because I my eyes got to there late. But I saw the. The ball, the flick, the header. Um, I saw a contact made on the header, and I'm just waiting for the ball to land in the goal. And when I see the net move, I knew it, and I jumped, and I <laughs> and I'm yelling, and and you can probably hear it in my tired voice now. I was I was ecstatic. I pick my boy up onto my shoulders, and I run around the house with him. I scare the daylights out of my wife. My are ahead, 1-0, 76th minute. And I said, now we have to defend like our lives depend on it for the next 15 minutes, because I, at that point, did not believe we had the legs nor the lungs, like I said, to go 30 extra minutes. And I also told my son, because he said, what about penalties? And I said, I don't think we have five penalty takers that are going to score against this goalkeeper. I, don't, I could not see us winning this one on pens. Um when I thought about it. I, my original idea was, hey, if we can get there, maybe we can win on pins, But as I'm watching and I'm looking and knowing the substitution patterns of Nelson Verissimo, I didn't believe we would have the players on the pitch to take the penalties when the time came. So ecstatic that this ball went in. Okay. It was a fantastic goal. Um at this point I believe Yardim Chuk is also on the pitch already. Um, uh, he came in if I'm not mistaken, he replaced uh Everton already, and that was a good move, and that was made at a time that I think was precisely the correct time to make that substitution because again you bring you bring Roman Yadimchuk to play as the central striker, and what he does not get credit for, and he should is his hold up play is the way he he forces defenders. To commit to him, and he opens space for others, he can play by himself against four defenders and buy time. he can press the defenders when they 're trying to, to build out of the back, and he just puts in a work rate, and tonight the key was the work rate. Darwin, uh, Gonzalo Ramush, Roman Yaremchuk, they put in a work rate that was incredible tonight. Even Rafa put in a work rate even if he wasn't efficient. He was running around trying to cut off passing lanes. Nobody cut off passing lanes better than Meite tonight. Uh, Again, his best match in a Benfica kit. No doubt about it. He was cutting off passing lanes, winning balls. He had some crucial, crucial interceptions down the stretch. And Bafika just left it all out there, and I wish we could see this type of effort, this type of dedication, this type of determination from this team week in, week out. And maybe we wouldn't be run, we wouldn't be leading the league right now. But I think we would be very close to our our neighbors. We'd be much closer to second place, and to not have to worry about coming into a Champions League preliminary round next season. The way it stands right now. I don't see us catching Spartan now that it is a six-point difference with, I think, eight matches to play. And it, it's going to be oh, seven matches if I'm not... 29, twenty nine. I think we have seven matches to play um, in the league. So I think second place is gone at this point. We're comfortable in third. So I really think that... the. Uh, The focus has to be this quarterfinals now in the Champions League. Whoever it is that we draw, even if it's Bayern Munich, we have to to rest everybody. We have to risk it, and we have to go for it. And I think we have to once again in those 180 minutes leave it all on the pitch and know that when uh, this quarterfinal round is over, we can walk out with our heads high like we did tonight, okay? And I think Befica have nothing... It's not that they have nothing else to play for because the young players need to play now. Um, you know, the the Paul Bernardos need to play. Tarapta needs to sit. There's no future for Adele Tarapta at this club, and it's not personal at this point. He's 32 years old, and I don't see... a. Uh, listen, I, I don't even think he should get the minutes he gets. Yes, he played well for a couple matches, and yes, there's situations where I think the game calls for his skill set and for his style but right now we got to be looking at next year and he does not uh, um, an attacking midfielder who has more red cards in 5 years than he has goals is not something we need going forward okay joao mario is is down on form but he already has as many goals as delta Tarap in half in in 3 quarters of a season with the club okay I think we need to give the opportunity now to the Paul Bernardo. The uh, we got to keep running with with the Gonzalo Ramos. We have to give the Enrique Rujo his opportunities as well. I think he gets an opportunity in this next match because Darwin is out. And uh, shout out to Enrique Rujo who scored his first goal for the first team this past week. And you know these young players are getting valuable experience, getting even just getting to travel to this, you know, the UEFA Champions League round of 16. You know, others play. Moratu and Paul Bernardo also played in the group stage. And, you know, it's it's important. And I think we're going to build a championship team next year. To build, I should say, to build next year's championship team, it needs to be done. now. the The seeds need to be planted now. The building blocks, the foundation needs to be laid now. Okay, and when we go into those those quarterfinal matches, it's got to be all or nothing. They have to be finals to us. Um, and for the older players, it's time for some of them to move on. Now, I didn't get into the transfers in this episode because, it, again, it's been over a month since I talked about the men's team. My last episode was about the women's team, so it's been a long time since I talked about the men's team. PZ is gone. Uh, Shikinu is gone. Uh, you know, it, players have left. The we we need to continue to clean out this locker room, okay, and figure out who is staying. And I think, without a doubt, the captain going forward needs to be Nicolas Otamendi. Tonight he showed why he is the leader of this team, with or without that Arbin. He is the leader, okay. Do we need an upgrade in goal? Probably, but you know what? Odie played well tonight. He made big saves uh when he needed to even if they were routine they were routine because he was positioned correctly um one thing we did very well tonight was we limited until the end of course until that mad dash at the end we limited the the amount of close range chances that Ajax were able to get um we made them shoot from distance a lot okay And what happened was when we didn't let them penetrate and get in behind and get close to the goal, they grew impatient. You could see once we went ahead, they really began to panic. Panic started setting in. And there was a moment when you could see that they started to think that it it was possible they were not going to find the back of the net tonight, that tonight was not going to be their night. They started to get chippy. You see you saw a number of IX players get booked, and that is a very clean football team. IX play very clean football. It is out of their character to get chippy like that. Um, but that's what happened. The nervousness set in, and you started seeing them starting to get direct, and that, that's dangerous because we're a lot worse at defending that than we are at defending the game they want to play. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Four four matches against Barcelona, or I should say two matches against Barcelona, two matches against Ajax, similar styles. Ajax play the style much better than Barcelona do at the moment, okay? But, again, that is a total of 360 minutes and only two goals allowed in those 360 minutes. When you compare that to our goals allowed throughout the rest of the season, whether it's three at the back or four at the back, we allowed a ton of goals. But against teams that want to play this way, bring it on. Bring it on. Of course, you know, there's there's your Manchester cities of the world that play it to a much higher level than Barcelona or Ajax do right now. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we're going to do the same thing to them. But, but you never know. Okay, this team is in it. We'll see where the draw lands us. But at this point, there's no easy matches left. Okay, there's no easy matches left at this point. Um it's going to be tough. It's going to be a dog fight. But again, we need to be willing to die on the pitch. We need to learn to bring that intensity, bring that sacrifice, bring that willingness to each and every match and not take anybody lightly. That's how we're going to turn this group into a championship team, okay? We um yes, we need upgrades at several posi- at several positions and we need depth, boy. When I saw Benfica warming up and you've got Diogo Gonçalves, Paul Bernardo, um and Yadimchuk warming up. And yes, Yarimchuk makes sense, but boy, there's a drop-off in terms of experience and in terms of uh, especially experience under the type of pressure that they played under tonight. But you only get experience by being put in that situation. Some of them gained it. Hopefully more will continue to gain it. And hopefully this team starts to trend in the right direction, get some momentum, finish the season strong, and move forward um the other result tonight if you don't know was atletico madrid won manchester united nil atletico madrid wins 2-1 on aggregate and advances as well to the quarterfinals and in what was a little bit hilarious but probably not very um Probably a very serious matter, even though I found it quite hilarious seeing it on television was, as everyone knows, uh, Sime- Diego Simeone loves to sprint off the pitch at the end of the match. Now, at Old Trafford, the tunnel is all the way in the corner. He had to make the dash from the far bench to the corner, and he was getting pelted with drinks from the Manchester United fans as he was running for the tunnel. I don't understand why he runs in that manner to the tunnel. Um could we see Benfica take on Atletico Madrid? What do you guys think about that? Tweet it at me. Uh, hit me up with an email, themrbenfica at gmail.com. I will be checking that going forward, okay? Or hit me up on Twitter, at Benfica Mr. Or on Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. Let me know what you think. Who do you want to see us take on in the quarterfinals? Um, Atletico Madrid would also obviously be very interesting. You know, we'd be playing against Jerome Felix and that would just break my heart if he were to score on us. But uh, that could be an interesting one. Uh, I think, you know, Chelsea are very good and uh, would be a very difficult matchup. But I think we could give a good effort against Chelsea. Uh, Manchester City and Bayern Munich, I, I would prefer not. Uh, Again, I think we've done our tour duty with Bayern Munich, and I'd prefer to not see them again this season, maybe ever, (laughs) Uh, until we're a much stronger outfit. But uh, who do you guys think? I mean, Real Madrid look, you know, just just derailed, Paris Saint-Germain. So they're they're in there, and Juventus, if they if they get past Villarreal. You know, it would also be uh, a rematch of that semi, that epic semi final we had almost a decade ago now that landed us in the Europa League final. If not, if Real advance, well, there's another. That's uh, that's what I'd like to see, uh, just because again, this style mat, this matchup, I I think suits us if we're gonna go to to these quarterfinals and give ourselves a chance to advance. Obviously. Lille or Villarreal are the teams we would like to see ourselves play against. But at this point, you know, it, it's going to be tough no matter who we face. And I think that's going to do it for this historic night, this historic episode. Um, thank you for bearing with me again throughout the hiatus. Again, I will be back this week. We've got a lot to talk about. Got to catch up to speed on what's been going on. Plus, we got, you know, more league football. We got Ishteril coming up this weekend and we need to keep the momentum going now it is important to keep the momentum going while keeping our focus on the champions league and also I got to talk about the girls the women's football team six points clear at the top of the table in the league of BPI I'll have another episode for them or I'll include them in the next episode one or another it'll all depend on time constraints again I am working like crazy right now uh my my plate continues to get more and more full. I have taken over, um, I've taken over essentially an entire training department in one of my companies and I've been training new employees and it has been around the clock work. Um, so that is a big reason why you have not heard from me in so long, but, uh, I am determined to sit down and get a schedule down And to make time to do this week in, week out. Because it is important to me. This is where I get my sanity. It's putting on this headset or turning on the microphone. Um, I'd like to get back to putting the episodes on YouTube as well. Getting the camera on and going. So uh, a lot coming up uh, still in this season for Benfica. And um, obviously... There's also UEFA Youth League going on. Befica are in the quarterfinals, likely going to play Sporting in the quarterfinal. We don't know yet because UEFA has not decided what could, they're going to do about the Sporting Dynamo Kiev uh, round 16 match. Obviously, they, that match was scheduled to be played in Kiev. That's obviously not going to happen. And uh, it, it, I don't imagine that Dynamo Kiev is going to be able to field the team. Um so likely going to be a Benfica-Sporting quarterfinal for a spot in the Final Four in Neon, Switzerland, later in May. But uh, obviously, we'll, I'll be keeping an eye to that. The quarterfinals are going on this week. Um, the other three quarterfinals have taking place this week in the UEFA Youth League. So hopefully, we'll hear very soon about that. And then there's also a lot going on in the dodge. I look forward to talking about all of that in upcoming episodes, thank you for joining me tonight in this very special episode, this very uh, impromptu uh, post-match episode that I could not not do. And i uh, very happy to to talk Befica again and to feel this way about this team again. It has been quite a while since I've had this feeling, since I've watched them play, since I've been on the edge of my seat, since I had that feeling in my stomach And since I've believed in this team, but something just told me that this was going to be the night, that this was going to be the day. And um, hopefully this is a springboard going into the rest of the season and into next season. Of course, there's a lot up in the air. Who's going to manage this team? We don't know yet. And um, we've got plenty of time to talk about that. So we will get there um, as the season plays out, as we head it to that finish line. So, uh, remember, keep following the social media feed, and I'll have more information uh, if anything changes. But you can expect more episodes now as um, it's just time for me to get back to doing this. So, thank you again for joining me. This has been the Mr. Mike Augustine. Uh, This is episode 135, Mr. Benfica on the PTB Media Network, signing out, and I will see you next time. Chega Benfica. Music